Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions as we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today.
Now is the time for us to acknowledge a truth, the truth of our imperfection, the truth that we fall short. Let us go to God in confession together. You see it in your program, the prayer of admission, followed by a moment of silence. God, you have called us to live your glory. We fall short. We underestimate our gifts. We don't use our gifts to glorify you. Forgive us, we pray. Yes, family, it is true. We do sin. We do fall short. But there's another truth. We are forgiven through the blood of Jesus. The book of Ephesians tells us in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. We are forgiven. Rest assured, let us love and forgive each other. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning can be found in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 31 through 40. You can find the text in your program. Feel free to read along if you choose. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Saul said to David, 
you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight him, for you are just a boy, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And whenever a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went after it and struck it down, rescuing the lamb from its mouth. And if it turned against me, I would catch it by the jaw, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, since he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, the Lord who saved me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will save me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. David strapped Saul's sword over the armor, and he tried in vain to walk, for he was not used to them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I am not used to them. So David removed them. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the wadi and put them in his shepherd's bag in the pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'd like to take a few moments this morning to share with you from a lesson, lesson titled, Something Different. Something Different. David and Goliath. David and Goliath. I, I'd assume and probably guess, and I think it would be safe to say, this is one of the more popular accounts that we find in Scripture. I'd assume and think it would be safe to say that many people, even if they do not attend church on a regular basis, haven't been to vacation Bible school in years and don't go to Bible study, probably have heard of David and Goliath. I think they're pretty popular. They're so popular that David and Goliath have found their ways into our popular culture. It's a norm to speak of David and Goliath. We use it as a metaphor for those moments when an underdog achieves an unexpected and unbelievable victory, David and Goliath. Those jaw-dropping, heart-pounding upsets. Were you at that game? Do you remember that time? We weren't supposed to win. And newspaper reporters and school reporters and coaches and others talk about it was a David and Goliath moment. Our culture is filled with David and Goliath stories. They weren't supposed to win. No one expected this result. We're stunned, we're silenced. How, how did that happen? David and Goliath have been used more than once to motivate an individual or a team to believe in themselves, to see the possibilities, to overcome and remain steadfast when that giant opposes them on the field or the court. Almost every coach I know of or I'm aware of, every teacher, every motivator, if they don't know what to say in that moment, call on David and Goliath. Somebody can connect with that story. Maybe that story can motivate folks to overcome David and Goliath. Today though, today, I wanna use the story of David and Goliath in another way. I wanna try something different. If you look at the story of David and Goliath through the lens of change, 
through the lens of change, and you ask yourself, what does David and Goliath have to do with change? I think it has everything to do with change. And I think looking at it through that lens changes what we see. When I consider the pressing and repetitive problems and challenges and turmoil in our lives and in this world, the things that keep coming up over and over again, the things in our communities, in our world, in our country, that we don't seem to be able to do anything about. They just keep coming back over and over and over again. If I were to give everybody in this room today in the congregation a pen and a piece of paper and say, write down everything you want to see changed in the world, how many would have something to write down? Write down everything you want to see changed even in Columbia, South Carolina. We all would have a list that we could complete of all these challenges and obstacles and barriers and giants that keep coming at us that we would love to see changed. And on the surface, on the surface, these aren't easy things to change. They're complex, they're, they're expansive, they're big, they're, they're so big, I'm gonna call them a Goliath. They're that big. But poverty is a Goliath. The economy is a Goliath. Politics are a Goliath. Social challenges are a Goliath. Health can be a Goliath. Taking the test for a student in school can be a Goliath. Wherever we are, we all have a different view, but we have these Goliaths in our life that we are faced with. And these challenges like Goliath, they don't just exist. Sometimes they taunt us. Sometimes they appear to show up every day mocking us, calling us out. Well, what are you going to do about this now? And sometimes, like Saul in the army, we freeze. And we don't know what to do. It's been 40 days of the problem facing me, 40 weeks, 40 years, a lifetime. What do we do? For those facing Goliath-sized challenges in your relationship, in yourself, in your work and beyond, I want to recommend we consider something different. In the world of change and innovation, there are many popular sayings, many of you know the sayings, things like, what brought us here won't get us there. Well, be the change that you want to see in the world. Well, nothing changes until we change. Now, I don't know if David read the latest literature on driving change and leading change and creating change, but David was a change agent. That's evident because there was something different about David. And there were three things about David that were different that I think we can consider in our world today when it comes to the change that we want to see. Three things that were different. What are those three things? Number one, David had a different perspective. David had a different perspective. See, see Saul and the Israel army, they were dismayed. They were greatly afraid. Part of the scripture says at one point some of them fled at just the sound of Goliath, the sound of the giant, calling down, send one of your men down here. Send one. Just the sound of his voice caused them to tremble. See, they saw the opposition as too big to overcome. David saw it as an opportunity too big to miss. When we have a different perspective, we ask different questions. And when you see the problem or the challenge, you look at it through the lens of God. 
What do you see and what do you hear when you hear about all the pressing problems facing our world, facing our community, facing our families? Do we start with, we've never done it that way before? Oh, we can't do that. You're just a boy, you're just a girl, you're just a child, you're just a fill in the blank. What do you know? But when our perspective like David is grounded in faith and our relationship with God, we see what God wants us to see. There are things on the surface that don't make sense. It makes no sense that this boy who was simply running errands, his father sent him to check on his brothers and bring provisions and come back and give a report and tell his dad how they were doing. It makes no sense that this boy is the one that steps up and says, I'll do it. I'll do it. On the surface. But if you look at the heart, there's a whole nother story. See, when we have a godly heart and a godly perspective grounded in the relationship with God, the things that make sense aren't always a mandate. Trust is the mandate. Do we trust in God? If we want to innovatively address the challenges we face as a community, as a world, as a country, as families, we have to take on a different perspective. When we are in the room, what perspective are we bringing to that room? When we are in the meeting, what perspective are we bringing in that meeting? When we are part of a situation to solve something, what perspective are we bringing? If we are only looking with our eyes, we are not bringing the full godly perspective. We must recognize that Saul's perspective was David was just a boy. But David was a boy who had a relationship and a heart for God. And that's what he missed. And so not only did David have a different perspective, David had a different presence. There's something about him. You, you ever been around somebody and there's something about when they walk in a room, it's almost sort of a, some people might call it a commanding presence or maybe a calming presence or a, a confident presence. Just his nature of being in the room. Now, again, not about David the man. It's about the spirit of God in David. To call David confident, I call that an understatement. But what's the source of his confidence? his experience, and his exposure. See, again, if you go back to the scripture, David said, I fought lions and I fought bears. And when they would take one of the lambs, I, I had to go after them. And if they came back to me, I struck them down. David said, I, I got some experience. That, that prepared me for this right here. D David's presence was such that when he spoke, the people said, Saul said, bring him to me, just from the words that he said. Something about him being in that space. This boy, this boy stood before the king with conviction and clarity. Let me say that again. This boy, this young person stood before the king with conviction and with clarity to the point where Saul said, go, 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 and, and may the Lord be with you. Go. Can you imagine that presentation? Can you imagine that stance? For the king? You go ahead and go. Again, I wonder if we want to innovatively address the challenge we face when we stand before the room, when we stand before people, when we stand before our families, when we stand before our teams, when we stand before the community, when we stand facing these problems that seem insurmountable. Are we standing with clarity? Are we standing with conviction? Are we standing in the confidence of what God has done for us and through us in the past? I don't need to get into your personal business. I don't want to get into your personal business. But I think, I think that if you took a moment like David and you look back 
and talked about what you've been through, the battles you've been through. Somebody in this room, you fought your share of lions. I know you have. Somebody in this room, you have fought your share of bears. I know you have. Some of you in this room have had a flock to protect, and I know you did. And sometimes in life, we just need to be reminded that through the power and faith in God that positioned us to do that, and when we face the next problem or the next trial, we dare not faint. We dare not faint during the day of adversity. That's when we lean on what God has brought us through in the past. We dare not forget. Our presence is solidified and shaped and formed by what we've been through. When we stand, we are not just standing in this present moment. Everything that shaped us from the past is standing there with us, fortifying us, holding us at our foundation. That's what God has done for us, and that's what David is exemplifying. Excuse me. So he has this perspective, and he has this presence. But then the last thing that's different is David has a different approach. David has a different approach. He puts on the customary battle gear, the helmet, the coat of mail, the sword. Put it all on. And again, you look back at the scripture, David said, I, I, I can't walk in these. I'm not, I'm not used to these. These don't work for me. I, I, I know that conventional wisdom says that if I'm going to go into battle, I got to put all this on. I know that conventional wisdom says that I should do this. I know that the standard operating procedures, I, I know what they all say. I know that the norms right now say that I should do this to get that. But that does not work for me. Can't walk. I can't use them. I'm not used to them. David had a different approach. If we want to innovatively address the challenges we face, we are required to have a different approach. Sometimes we must defy conventional wisdom. Sometimes we must question the status quo. Sometimes we have to risk being ridiculed. There are moments when we have to do things that again make no sense to anyone else. Wait, no, don't take, you're going to battle. You don't take your armor off. You put that armor on. No, 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 you're going to need that sword. You're going to need that shield. You're going to need that. Did you see the size of that dude? You, you can't, you, you the boy, you can't just go. You need all this stuff. No. Been down in the riverbed, five smooth stones, put them in my pouch, my sling, walking with God. I've got this. A different approach. With a new perspective, a new presence and a new approach. What if, what if, here's the question for today. What if all these things that we wanted to see change out there, that list, you got your list, you got your list. What if all those things out there we want to see change, all those Goliaths that are posted up around Columbia, all those Goliaths that are posted up around South Carolina, all those Goliaths that are posted up around the country and around the world. What, what if, what, what if, in order for any of that to change, it started with us changing? What, what, what if, what if we wanted anything out there to be different? It started with me being different. What, what if the next time I go into a meeting, I showed up differently? What, what, just what if? What, what if our inward and individual change could lead to some outward collective change? What if we began to address the problems with a different perspective, a different presence and a different approach? What, what if we go into our next conference call with a different perspective and a different presence and a different approach?
What if I'm in school and I go to the next semester and I approach it with a different perspective and a different presence and a different approach? What if in our families, if we showed up to our family conversations with a different perspective and a, a different presence and a different approach? What if we greeted strangers on the street with a different perspective, a different presence, and a different approach? What if we looked at ourselves in the mirror and gave ourselves some grace and some compassion and looked at ourselves with a different perspective, a different presence, and a different approach? I believe that the world needs something different. I believe that Davis gave us, David gave us a model of how to be something different. I don't know about you, but it seems like between his perspective, his presence, and his approach, maybe, maybe it's time for us all to try something a little bit differently. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. Holy, loving God, we come to you as a people seeking to be different. Different because of your love, different because of your grace, different because of your mercy, different because of the love of your son, Jesus the Christ. We come praying today for all people of this world, people who are in need of difference, people who are in need of love, people who are in need of a different level of peace, a different level of understanding, people who are seeking some place of comfort, some place of joy. We come for those who are struggling with the status quo and want to do all they can to change it. It may seem at their wit's end. We pray for them, Father God, and pray for those of us who can do something at that wit's end to support and help them. We pray right now for all the, the Goliaths in the world that seem to be opposing us right now. We know that just like with David, it's not us and our power. It is simply the power of you that flows through us that allows us to manage and deal with and handle everything that comes our way. We ask you, Father God, to continue to bless us and love this world and love us and position us to truly be the light of the world. We ask you now, Father God, to allow us to continue to pray to you in the same way your son taught us how to pray collectively together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Family, please stand with me. Your affirmation of faith can be found in your program. Let us read it together. Family, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen.
family, may God give us the courage and the wisdom to try something different, a different perspective, a different presence, a different approach. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us henceforth now and forevermore. Let the church say amen. 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 Go in peace. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.